possible to vacation and have a dental procedure in Bulgaria for five times less than the cost of the dental procedure alone in the U.S. At Bogomilstoyev.com, you can see the wide range of dental procedures available in Bulgaria at a fraction of the cost. Whether you need crowns, implants, periodontal, or other treatments, Dr. Stoyev can help. Contact Dr. Stoyev for pricing today at Bogomilstoyev.com. That's B-O-G-O-M-I-L-S-T-O-E-V.com. Check out the EOTM Media Group, yeah, the EOTM Media Group. We're a new media company encompassing radio, PR, and TV. Follow us on Twitter at EOTM, 
are For a great publicist There's one thing you need to do Contact the EOTM Media Group
BET, home of some of the greatest shows, such as Monique, Let's Stay Together, The Game, Steve Harvey, Everybody Hates Chris, Master Mix, and many more. BET is also famously known for their featured blog sites, such as Spotlight, What's a Flick, Stay Tuned, Head Over Hills, Sound Off, and a wide variety of others. So the next time you're flipping through your channels, tell a friend to tell a friend about BET and BET's video library. Also, don't forget to catch the countdown on 106 in Park with Roxy and Terrence. Do you want your chance? You feel as if you got what it takes? Or just want to read and catch up on BET News? Tune in to www.bet.com or send your thoughts and opinions through mail to BET Network, 1235 W Street, Northeast, Washington, D.C., 20018-1211, or phone BET Network at 202-608-2000. This commercial was brought to you by EOTM Radio and Classic City Records. Procom Voices is your complete resource for finding professional voiceover talent for all types of projects. Radio and TV, flash, corporate video narrations, and more. Here's what sets Procom apart. We give you fast access to professional voice talent from all across the country. Actors and actresses who are handpicked by Procom and experienced in bringing copy to life. And you direct your voiceover session live, by phone, as it's happening, so you can be sure of the results. Start by searching our online talent demos broken down into convenient categories. Or call our casting experts for helpful advice in finding the perfect voice. Once you've chosen one or more voice talents, Simply submit your script and book your talent online, or just call us, toll-free. At session time, you'll be connected to Procom by phone patch. Listening in on your session, you'll have the ability to interact with the voice talent you've cast and direct them yourself. Try multiple styles, hear playback, and request editing from your Procom producer to craft the perfect read. We can even connect directly to your favorite local studio via ISDN. Once you're satisfied with your recording, your files are immediately uploaded to our secure FTP site in the format you request, and you're sent a link by email. Procom Voices, top quality voiceovers. Simple, fast, and affordable. Contact us today to get started. Welcome back to the eBuzz, y'all. It's Friday night, and guess what? You are here with me, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Nevertheless, I am here. I'm here with you, and you're here with me, and it's a beautiful thing, right? You are, if you're just tuning in, I'm Carla B., and tonight I'm, I will be continuing my series of shows on the Black Boule with the Boule Files. Our phone lines will be open as well as our chat room, so please join us. Um, our studio line is 718-664-6543, and you can stream live to eotmradio.com, eotmradio.com. As most of my loyal listeners know, I am a little bit of a um, conspiracy theorist. I've done numerous shows on 
the Illuminati and the implications of Illuminati and hip hop, as well as the boule, also known as Sigma Pi Phi. Now, before we go any further, I'd like to put out a, a quick disclaimer. The thoughts and beliefs of me, Carla B., does not necessarily reflect the thoughts and opinions of EOTM Radio Networks and its affiliates. Second up, I got a lot of um, announcements and, and stuff um, as we get into the show, but second up, I'd like to actually retract a, a couple of my statements from my last show on the Illuminati. It was um, well over a year ago, but I do have to retract a couple things. Um, actually, several things were said that are not true or have not been proving, proven. I'm starting off the statement as to the boule being on HBCU college campuses. I found out that that is not true. The boule is not a college-level frat, but a graduate organization. Also, I've done a couple of different shows on the hip-hop Illuminati, and we talked about Jay-Z and Lil Wayne and the game and all them guys um, possibly being um, part of the boule. And once again, they are not. You, you must be a college graduate who's also pledged a college fraternity. And as most of us know, that Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, the game, they don't have any kind of college education. It was also said that Obama may be boule, according to some new information that um, I was luckily um, to Pushed my way. Someone pushed my way. Actually, one, the guest on our show shared a lot of great information with me, and um, so I will say this: Obama is not boule. Again, you have to be in a black fraternity, which most of us know Obama is not. So, got all that stuff out the way. Thank you for your patience. And without further ado, I want to welcome my guest for tonight. He is a, a free thinker, author, entrepreneur, man of many hats. Um, definitely opened my mind to a lot of things that I did not know in regards to the boule. I want to welcome, and I'm going to try to pronounce his name correctly. If I, if I don't, I know he'll fix it for me. But I want to welcome Mbebe. Uh, I'm sorry, I said it wrong. Go ahead and 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 say your name for me. It's all right. I just get all tongue tied. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. It's in Boybe. It's Shangi. Oh my God! So you said it so great. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I said Welcome to right the now, show. Man. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Thank right. You. Yes, sir. Well, before we we dive into our discussion, if you can share with our listeners a little bit more about you. Uh, okay. Um, well, first, I, I definitely want to thank you. Um, I'd like to say a little something before I even begin running my mouth, which I tend to do, um, and that is to first give thanks um, to Energy, which is my name for God, and our ancestors, for without them, we wouldn't know who we are, nor where we come from. And I also give thanks to the, uh, all the African-centered scholars whose shoulders I stand on and our future youth who will continue to work in liberating the African diaspora from the effects of global white supremacy and reforming back to self-reliance and independence. Um, a little bit about me, uh, I'm, as you mentioned, uh, I kind of wear several hats uh, by trade. I'm a web developer, graphic designer, um, writer, um, author. I've been publishing uh, my own magazine. It's a Pan-African Center magazine uh, entitled uh, The Ghetto Times. 
and also DigitalTimes.com since 1993. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, thanks. Thank you. Um, and, you know, from that the reason why it actually happened wasn't, you know, I didn't go to school for writing. In fact, I got D's and F's in college writing. But um, what got me was really just being exposed to information about our history, uh, the stuff that you won't learn in school, the stuff that right. uh, they're trying to hide from you. And from learning that uh, in a sort of rebellious way, I felt it was necessary that I not only uh, go out and share what I've learned um first being just, you know, talking to people in the street, but in addition, uh, targeting my demographic and that being African people, particularly that's why the magazine is called The Ghetto Times, uh, that's where most of us dwell, is in the ghetto. This is information that most of us in the ghetto will never receive. So I figured, you know, uh, rather than try to keep this information uh, geared towards the quote-unquote talented tenth, uh, and as we'll talk, I'll tell you about what they've been doing is that, you know, the real information, this information is especially needed for people in the streets. And in doing so, that's uh, I've been blessed to have been doing this almost uh, 20 years. And, um, you know, 20 years later, I'm feeling very strong and positive about the type of information that we put out. Uh, we deal with uh, pretty much the areas, the 10 areas of the, uh, people activity that Neely Fuller and Drs., uh, Drs. Neely Fuller and Francis Chris Wilson talks about which are uh, economics, education, entertainment, uh, labor law, politics, sex, religion, and war, and a new field is health. These are ten areas that we find that global white supremacy operates on in controlling the world. So if you can control entertainment, if you can control education, uh, you pretty much got a lock on the planet. And that's and we can see that they've been doing that pretty well for, for quite a while now. So that's the focus of what we do uh, is to enlighten our people, uh, and move ourselves on to the next level of uh, physical manifestation of, of the information that we are um, taking in. Wow. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. That that was definitely a lot. And, um, again, my hats are off to you because you're doing, um, to say that you've been um, even writing and, and keeping your website of information up for so many years, that definitely um, shows your dedication when it comes to what you really believe in. So, again, kudos to you on that. Um, I want to definitely dive in. I want to, um, before I do that, I want to again mention our studio line number. It is 718-664-6543, 718-664-6543. You could definitely feel free to, to call in and share your thoughts in regards to what I will say as well as my guest. Um, I want to definitely dive in right now. So um, I, I took a look at your website and um before I ask the question, I want you to go ahead and share your website, considering there's so much great information in regards to our topic. So our, our listeners, if they are near a computer, they can definitely um, go to your site as reference. You want to share that? Sure. Santa Sana. Um, my website is theghettotimes.com. That's D-A-G-H-E-T-T-O-T-Y-M-Z.com. That's theghettotimes.com. If you go to that page, on the home page, there's a search index where you can type in Boule, B-O-U-L-E, and that will bring you to our Boule series where we have currently four, uh, art of, four parts of the series that we've written so far. I'm actually working on part five now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, again, theghettotimes.com uh, is the site, and uh, let's, let's get it in. Let's go. Yeah, I'm actually I'm about to um, post a link in our chat room for our listeners, so it will definitely be there in a second. 
Okay, so let's go ahead and just open it up with um, some of your reasons behind this, this mission that you have in regards to exposing the boule. You want to share us the reason behind that? Sure. Um, you know, first, <laughs> let me just, I want to start out by quoting uh, George D.M. James. Uh, it's an infamous quote, uh, which is, Greek mythology is stolen African history. Uh, and also, I, I must give, uh, hom- pay homage to Brother Steve Coakley, uh, because he is the brother that is responsible for even allowing for us to really talk about the Boulet t- uh, today. I mean, he exposed them back in 91. And he's done a master, he's a master scholar, researcher on the boule, and he's been putting out information, uh, very accurate information, uh, for a long time now. And I think that he doesn't get the respect that he needs and deserves, but I do uh, want to pay homage to him. Um, other thing I want to say is when we're studying information, especially when we're talking about history, uh, we must do as Asa Hilliard uh, said, that we should study history in chronological order. And what that means is when you're studying history, it isn't that you just start, for instance, when you want to start about the origin of man. You know, most people think, well, okay, let me just start with the Bible because it says in the beginning. Well, in the beginning is not a date. It's not telling you exactly when. So when you're studying history, doing it in chronological order not only gives you a time stamp of when, but also lets you see what else is going on during that time period. So my fixation this evening is going to be dealing with the time period of the first uh, decade and a half of 1900. Uh, we find that over that span, we found the, or, the origin of some historical black organizations, one being uh, Sigma Pi Phi, uh, a.k.a. the Boule, which was founded May 15, 1904. Um, and in the years between 1906 and 1922, we found the founding of four fraternities and four sorority, black sororities, and black fraternities uh, between the periods of 1906 and 1922. Also, uh, in 1909, we found the origin of the NAACP, the National Association for the Advancement of Certain People. Wow. Uh, And we also see that on September 29th of 1910, we have the founding of the Urban League. Now, these are fundamental and foundational organizations uh, for which we find that the reason of these findings are the reason why a lot of African people to this day don't realize that they're African, okay? Um, some of these organizations are secret societies, uh, and they're vowing as oath-takers, never they'll reveal what they know, and others are societies of secrets, like the Masons who are bound to acknowledge anyone if they come up to them and can stand on the square. Um, I also say this always as well for those listeners. There's mu- these organizations are much older than 99% of us, and of that 99%, most don't even know why they were truly founded and what historical alliances they've entertained with enemies of African people. So it's not a coincidence that in 2011, we have more collegiate graf- uh, graduates than ever, yet still don't have more than a few African-owned businesses, little to no uh, technological or, or nor indu- industrial ca- uh, empires, as well as no type of trade, import, and export models in place, even though, ironically, most of the world's natural raw elements come out of Africa. So why is that? You know, it all dates back to this first two decades of the 1900s where we have the birth of black organizations right. that's been proven to be more detriment in aiding the delay of our African liberation. So let's start out with Sigma Pi Phi, the Boulay. You know, this is the first black fraternity in America. 
It's not a collegiate fraternity, but it's a professional fraternity, and it was founded, again, as I said, May 15, 1904, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, by six gentlemen. Um, one of them, Dr. Henry McKee Minton, was a key founder. He owned the first black drugstore in the United States. And the word boule, uh, it means advisor to the king. And let me just, just uh, preface this too, Carla. If you know, if you need to jump in, jump in, because I, I just get, I just start going and I oh, keep yeah. going. Oh so yeah, yeah. I'm gonna let you. Jump you in. Yeah, you can go ahead and make your um, point. <laughs> okay, cool. So um, boule uh, is Greek, uh, Latin rather, and it means advisor to the king, and which is the lower house of the Greek Parliament. So all Sigma Pi Phi members or of the Boule are college-degreed, upper-class, bourgeoisie house Negroes, thoroughly indoctrinated into being better than the rest of us so-called underclass, what I call, field Africans. So this house Negro field African theory is still alive today. And they refer to themselves as the inner circle of our race, and their mission is to perpetuate a lie that Greece gave the world civilization, cutting us off from our true heritage, using college degrees, money, job opportunities as a testament to their power opposed to community culture and history. So therefore, as you mentioned, you know, Jay-Z and, and Lil Wayne and any other rapper, they're not boule. They, they can't, I mean, not, that's not to say that eventually they won't allow that to happen, but to this day, as far as what I found, the, pre, the requirements to be in the boule is you must be a collegiate graduate and you must be a part of a fraternity. You must have pledged and crossed a fraternity. So the problem is, is that we have people today out taking the work of what Coakley has done. Uh, and I'm going to name one particular gentleman. I don't, have a, I don't have a personal beef with him, but my issue with Bobby Hemmett is that he tries to put out the allegation that the Boule is a gay organization. Yeah, I've heard that. You know, and it's not a homosexual fraternity. It's a Greek-based frat, an allegiance with skull and bones, that might or might not have homosexual practices. Regardless of them being a gay organization or not, that's the least of our worries. You know, the Boulay is not a threat because of their gayness. It's because of their alignment with this organization, the secret society called the Cecil Rose Lord Rothschild Secret Society. So right. when, people, when people base the information on the Internet research, it's too easy to put out misinformation. It is, it is. You know, Quick question. Sure. Really quickly, um, I want to definitely go to the phone line, but I want, um, I'm getting different instant messages. And um, so you kind of shared as far as we know the reason behind your mission to expose the boule because there's so much misinformation and, um, and ignorance when it comes to it. And I'll definitely let you elaborate more on it. But before we even get into anything else, um, a lot of people don't even know what the boule is or what does it stand for. Right. Gotcha. So if you can if you can just elaborate on what it stands for, and then we'll go ahead and go to the phone lines. Okay. Well, the Boule, like I, as I was mentioning, the Boule is um, their role is to their support group, acting on behalf of this organization called the, the Rose Rothschild Seeker Society. If you're familiar with Cecil Rose and Lloyd Rothschild, which I can talk about in a second, um, and basically they're they're basically the if you look at their history book. And I have a copy of the history book, and on page 28, uh, which was written by Charles H. Wesley, uh, he said that Henry Minton wanted to create an organization that would partake in the tenets of Skull and Bones at Yale. So the question is, who is Skull and Bones? And Skull and Bones is a chapter, is the second chapter of the Illuminati. The first chapter of the Illuminati was Phi Beta Kappa, but they were outed 
for being a secret society, and they had to go underground. And when they reemerged in 1832, they came out as Skull and Bones, and they were located at Yale. So in saying that, we have to first look at the origin of Skull and Bones. Who, when, when you find out who Skull and Bones is, then you'll find out who the Boule is because they're trying to emulate who Skull and Bones is. Okay? Right, right. So Skull and Bones... Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Phi Beta Kappa was the first chapter, and it was founded at William and Mary College. Um, you know, they were turning now. They're, now, when you hear about Phi Beta, Phi Beta Kappa, they're an honor society. So the, the fraternity is still here, but it's an honor society. But the real chapter, the second chapter now, is at Yale, and it's new in, uh, in New Haven, Connecticut, which is also called New Heaven or the City of Nine Squares. And in a September 1977 Esquire magazine article. Um, there was a quote about Skull and Bones. It was one of the very few articles written about Skull and Bones, and it said that Skull and Bones' purpose is to produce an alliance of good men, for good men are rare in all societies, and none is more glorious, no greater strength, than when men of similar morals are joined in intimacy. Mm. So we're talking about intimacy. We're talking about intimacy as far as, you know, what are men doing together that, you know, they're not doing with anyone else. Right. So some families that are, that are members of Skull and Bones is uh, Lord, Whitney, Taft, uh, Harriman, Weyerhaeuser, Rockefeller, Goodyear, uh, Phelps, Perkins, Pillsbury, uh, Kellogg, Vanderbilt, uh, Forbes, uh, Dean Witter, Russell Davenport. These are, you know, John Deere, these are families that, you know, a lot of that have multi-billion dollar corporations, okay? Right. And the new members are called Knights. So each member of the Skull and Bones is now called a Knight, and this is referred to the Knights of the Round Table. Now, Charles H. Wesley, as I mentioned before, he wrote the history book. He's uh, up the Boule. In, the, in this book, in the history book, it said the Round Table lives only in poetic life and history, but they can live again in life, and we can make them live through us. So what's the round table group? The round well, hold, table Hold tight on the round table group because what I want to do really quickly is take a really quick commercial break and we'll come back and we'll go to the phone lines and we'll be right back. Hold tight everybody. Life is like chess. 
fuck that, I'm tired playing games with you kids, ain't no time for playing, take the rhymes and saying, I write it for the streets, for the hood, inspiration, inspire, a part of the map, where it's poverty, I started with them all, but now I got an army, of soldiers and troopers, the TV and the radio, did the death for us, so we hit the YouTube up. Now I got millions of views Now watch how many rappers follow what P do Now I'm too hoodies to conform to the program I'm too much of a rebel for me to try to fit in Nigga, it don't matter the color of your skin Right now you either positive or you negative I got friends in high places, multiple races And coaches on my side, or you got his paper Illuminati on my mind, soul, and my body Secret society, trying to eat their army but I'ma stay incognito to places they can't find me Make my moves strategically Illuminati on my mind, soul, and my body Secret society, trying to keep their army But I'ma stay incognito to places they can't find me Make my moves strategically What's up? What's up? Welcome back to the eBuzz. This is your girl, Carla B. And if you're tuning in, um, the topic of um, for discussion tonight is the Boulay Files have a um, a very, very special guest. And um, during the commercial break, I was actually um, practicing his name, Mwebe. Did I say that right? Oh, my God. Okay, what's up? So before we get um, started again, I want to say um, a quote really quick that I found um, in regards to to Jay-Z, I know we had, um, did a couple of different shows in regards to hip-hop and the Illuminati and Jay-Z being a part of it. Um, so he had something to say to, to people who thought he was part of the Illuminati. Um, the hip-hop mogul is actually speaking out against against those who have accused him of being affiliated with the secret society. And his hurt, his words, they might hurt some. So if you're um, kind of timid at heart, um, you might want to um, mute your, your speakers right now. <laughs> this is what JC said. He said, it may sound a little arrogant, but I just think people can't handle when somebody else is successful. Jay-Z told Delta Sky Magazine that he went on to say, something has got to be wrong. you got to be down with, high, with some high power. And I guess when someone else is successful, it makes you feel like maybe you're a failure. So it can't be you. It has to be some other force. And that's what Jay-Z had to say in regards to um, some Illuminati implications. Um, I want to really quick, I want to go ahead and, and welcome someone that is chiming in. She's actually a, a radio personality under our network. She, um, Smoka D from the Smooth Latte with Mocha D show. She's a um, a big conspiracy theorist as well. Mocha D, you're live. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Carla B. Uh, Mocha D is definitely in the building and tuned well into the show. Like she stated, I'm very, very interested. First, I'd like to say hello to you, sir. And uh, Great topic and uh, great discussion. I, I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm what they call the motor mouth, sir, so I'm going to just ask you a question or two, and then I'm going to let you, you know, dive right in. So first of all, again, I'd like to say welcome, welcome, welcome uh, to my ears. I appreciate this. <laughs> uh, thank you. 
<laughs> Sir, I want to ask you, uh, first, first, real quickly, you had uh, the, the acronym NAACP. Uh, you had said something a little different for the meaning of that than what I thought it was. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, if you would uh, tell me that again, I think you did it on purpose. You yeah. did. <laughs> okay, I'm quick, I'm quick. Okay, tell me about that because uh, I heard the change. Yeah, it's it's called the well, I call it the National Association for the Advancement of Certain People, and I say that with reason. Um, if you will, if I can, I can tell you uh, some things about the NAACP that many are not aware of. Uh, in particular, um, each member of the Boule has to have a lifetime membership in in the NAACP, and um, most people think that it was founded by like you know W. B. Du Bois and Ida B. Wells. This is not true. They were actually founded by two Jewish spies, Rabbi Stephen Wise and Jane Adams. And these two are affiliated with its round table group, uh, which was founded by Cecil Rhodes, which I hope I have a moment to talk about the round table group. But uh, there's some key things about the NAACP that people aren't aware of, in particular with the anti-lynching bill, uh, uh, which was also called, called the Dyer Bill in 1918, and also a figure, R.R. Uh, R. Moulton, and their key influence against the Garvey movement uh, of the 1920s and 30s. Um, number one, with the uh, anti-lynching bill, uh, it was put out in 1918, but it really actually wasn't passed until 1959. Or Well, it was passed January 26, 1922, but it really, really wasn't honored until 1959. And come to find out that over that 50-year span, the NAACP, in exchange for this bill, had to freely trade black intelligence with the United States government. Now, the thing is, is that the uh, NAACP was uh, founded by these two spies, and another guy named Joel Spingarn, uh, who was a spy for the United States Army, uh, who later in 1914 created the Spingarn Medal. This is an NAACP award that goes out to the Negro with the, for the most outstanding achievement. So you have all these spies that are finding this organization that's supposed to be for African people primarily to save us from lynchings. When we look at the winners, some of the winners that have won the Spengar Medal, the first winner was Ernest E. Just, who was in the Boule. That would be Du Bois, won it in 1920. He's in the Boule. Carter G. Woodson, in 1926, won it. He's in the Boule. Uh, Martin Luther King won it in 1957. He was in the Boule. And Jesse Jackson one in 1989, and he was in the boule. Now, what we find is that the NAACP is a house uh, or one of the organizations that is actually a spy network. Uh, if you've ever heard of J. Edgar Hoover, talked about how he was in search of his COINTEL program was modified or basically modeled off of the search for the next black messiah. Uh, who basically would, you know, uh, rise up against global white supremacy in the in, uh, United States government op operations. Well, in order for, uh, you know, the, the government to be effective in their surveillance, they really couldn't have, you know, white folks coming into a setting where there was a bunch of black folks. So for instance, if, you know, you couldn't have a white person trying to get into a Nation of Islam meeting, that wouldn't work. So they had to get blacks that would, you know, willingly do the deed uh, that, you know, and report back to the NAACP and then re who would then report back to the United States government on up to the Illuminati about any uprisings or any discussions of black people trying to do something for self-reliance and, and uh, basically 
break ourselves from uh, what's going on against global white supremacy. Um, there's another thing that I found out with the NAACP, uh, some of the members, as I was saying before, each member has to be, each member of the Boulay has to have a lifetime membership to the NAACP, is R.R. Moton is a particular guy that um, he was actually predates Martin Luther King. Uh, he was a guy, and let me just say this real quick too, there's a lot of information about this, so it's really hard to fix it in, uh, fit it into an hour and a half, two hour show. Uh, all this information that I'm speaking to you about in detail is on my website, so uh, I'm going to jump here and there, and, I'm, and I apologize for that, but for clarity and further research, uh, I would like for you to feel free to use my site as one of those places where you can get some more of this information. Quick question for you, sure. um, since we were talking about information, and um, I just got a message from someone who wants to know where where have you, um, you know, gotten all of your information? You know, I mean, wh wh where has your research been from, I guess? Uh, well, my foundation is the work of Steve Coakley, and, and I don't take just what someone says for, for verbatim. You know, I don't like to regurgitate words. I like to go find out myself. So he lays a foundation. If you even Google or YouTube uh, Steve, Steve Coakley, there are clips of him online doing presentations. I've been to uh, several of his lectures over the years, uh, sat front row and taking notes. Uh, he's very good at both giving you resources, and I use those uh, notes to go and look the information up myself. Okay. Uh, and to verify it, uh, and I, pro I provide the same kind of information on my site. So, again, you know, it's one thing to say something. If this is something that interests you, you know, the information is public. That's the one right. thing. It's, it's, it's in the place they don't want us to go to is the library. <laughs> right. It, you know, getting on, getting on the Internet is not going to get it done because anybody can say anything and no one's there to check you. But go into the library. If you check out these, if you read Forbes 500 magazine, uh, you can get lists of names of people that are uh, part of these secret societies, and their information, their books are public. Uh, you can look up anything you want. It's, it's available. That's the one thing about global white supremacists is that they gloat in their supremacy. They're not trying to hide it from you. They just know that they can put it right in your face or in a book, and you won't even know what you're looking at. Right. So that's, that's one thing I like to put out. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, you know what, and and it's amazing. And when you talk about the uh, the white supremacy, that that has been going on since the beginning of time. The devil himself, for those who believe, brag about what they do. You know, because the bottom line is they don't believe you. No one can do anything about it. Exactly. Because they know, even you know, the man himself knows that he has a certain amount of time to do something, and and it's just a matter of time before it's all going to be like you're doing, being exposed. So they're doing all they can right now in a certain amount of time. But I want to ask you real quick about the round table group, mm -hmm. about the round table group, because I've spoken of the round table group before, and um, I, I use it without having a lot of details, and you're the only one I've really heard talking about the roundtable group. So tell me a little bit more about the roundtable group, and I want to see if it collaborates with what I believe as far as the roundtable group, because I personally believe that this is where the presidential uh, uh, decision is made. This is where so many things is made already, such as, as uh, uh, the president of today. This is something that's a well-sought-out plan, and a lot of people don't agree with me, and, you know, hey, I don't care. But tell me, <laughs> tell me about what I want to know your opinion as far even as if you can if, if if you can dab into real quickly the president himself because I, I have a lot of things that I can say and I know there's only so much that we can say anyway but I just want to know quickly do you believe just if you can just answer this 
do you believe that that was a well sought out plan um a long time ago I'm talking about all the way back to uh I want to go as far I say Roosevelt Roosevelt as to when where and how this black man would be put in office at this given day and time what do you feel about that uh I I one thing is that I um I used to be really like a conspiracy nut and then I realized that about what 1995 96 I started to learn that there was conspiracies on conspiracies uh conspiracies have become a multi-billion dollar uh topic you know there's tons of books tons of researches or lectures and, and so on and so forth. That's not to say that I don't agree with any of that information. I still look at it and I dissect it and take in what I need. Regarding Obama, uh, regarding what's going on with, as you mentioned, around table group, yes, they are part of that think tank of, of, of people that unseen seen that 1% of 1%, that Bilderberg group, that uh, the Committee of 300, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Imperial Brain Trust, the Trilateralists, and the Invisible Government. These are uh, men, old white men, old rich white families that have stolen their, uh, made money off of the enslavement, of, primarily the enslavement of African people, and are you know fighting tooth and nail to this day to do whatever they can to maintain their power, even if they have to change the, 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 comp, the, the uh, color of their skin. <laughs> They'll do that. Ooh. Uh, the Roundtable Group is a secret society that was started by Cecil Rhodes and Lord Rothschilds in uh, 1881 at Oxford University. And this uh, was started with money gained from the colonization of South Africa. Um, you know, they basically felt that Britain was better at ruling the entire world. So uh, there's a guy named Charles, uh, author named Charles Overbeck. He said that uh, now uh, the more free trade you have, the more difficult you will make it for new countries of Africa and Asia to set up and um, and rule themselves, and, and and they will be forced to live in economic isolation. So Rose and Rothschilds, along with Rockefellers and Oppenheimer, who basically inherited his wealth from Rhodes, uh, control the world. And I'll tell you what: who owns particularly what areas of the world? Rothschild is responsible for Europe. Uh, you have the Bank of England. Uh, the Rockefeller family or the clan is responsible for North and South America, Canada, and Mexico. They have like Chase. Uh, Exxon, Mobile Oil, um, and actually they're the current kings of New York. Um, Oppenheimer, uh, again, getting his, uh, inheriting it from Cecil Rhodes, is in control of Australia, Africa, and the rest of the world. So he also is in control of the Beers Mining Company and Oppenheimer Funds. If you're familiar with, well, most people aren't even familiar with who these guys are. So Cecil Rhodes, number one, he was a pedophile. Okay, he would take young African male boys and uh, basically sodomize them and then throw them over a cliff so that he wouldn't sodomize the same boy twice. Uh, they went down to the um, South Africa, the, the diamond mines, and today they've created their billion, trillion dollar corporations, namely one, the Beers Mining Company. If you've ever seen the commercial, there's a silhouette of a lady and they're playing violins in the background. That the Beers Mining Company, that money is made from Oppenheimer, again inherited from Cecil Rhodes. So another key guy is Lord Mayor Amschel Rothschilds. Now Rothschilds, he was famous for uh, he founded the famous banking firm in, in 1700s, and he's he's the one that started the power of loaning with interest, and he felt the best way to earn money was to lend the governments. 
So this, in doing that, would enable them to dictate and take over governments. Uh, examples like South Africa and Palestine. Uh, he actually funded the American Revolution. He aided George Washington in, in funding the American Revolution and told him, "I don't care who runs the country. I want to run the I want to run the money." So this money that is uh, where they've gotten all this wealth from has been basically galvanized from the enslavement uh, of African people. So this is what we're finding is that these men, going back to the 1600s, have basically, uh, well, Cecil Rhodes also said he wanted to colonize Africa from Cairo to Cape Town. So we're talking about pirates. We're talking about, these aren't great men. These are great mass, these are uh, serial killers, these are murderers, and these are people that are now being, uh, to this day, being honored. Cecil Rhodes, we have Rhodes Scholar. Uh, we also had Rhode Island, and uh, you know, so we have things that are named after him. It used to be called uh, Zimbabwe. Used to be called Rhodesia. You know what I'm saying? So the Cecil Rhodes Scholar is, you know, 75 scholarships award yearly to people from ages 18 to 24. And Cecil Rhodes' mindset was to colonize Africans and then re-educate them. Wow, that's this definitely some great information that you're sharing with us. I, I definitely appreciate it. I, I want to kind of like um, go back a little bit to something um, at the top of the hour we're talking about um, Obama not being Boule and um, in order to be Boule the like the requirements so we do know that um, they have to be in uh, like a graduate organization so considering Obama went to Harvard and he did pledge a, um, a fraternity um, but with Harvard with him going to Harvard and would he be con- still be considered like skull and bones, or or no? Well, um, well I the, I found the, the only thing I really found him connected uh, to is the Council on Foreign Relations, um, and from what I know, and, and I'm not a, a guru of this information of Boule. I'm a student. I'm learning stuff every day. Okay. Um, but what I found about the Boule is that not only do you have to be in a fraternity, but you must be part of the Black fraternity, the BGLO, the Black oh, Lettered Organization. Right. So you have to be Osby and Alpha, a Kappa, a Sigma, or a Q. Right. So, so I'm not aware of any that are members of white fraternities or Jewish fraternities that are also on the Boule. Although they do oh, have now white members. Right. So um, I mean, he could be part of the Skull and Bones and pledge like um, Alpha Alpha um, Psi, correct or no? Uh, well. Skull and Bones is uh, he'd have to go to Yale, and okay. um, and that's only at Yale. Oh, and okay. yeah, so it's it's either he if he went to Yale and he got tapped, he, they only tapped uh, 15 people uh, to make a line. And if you did not go to Yale, then you're not in Skull and Bones. That's not to say that you can't be part. He is part of the Bilderberg Group now because every president attends the Bilderberg uh, meetings every year. I think it's every summer in July, I believe. And there's some serious, uh, some some uh, allegedly there's some crazy kind of rituals that go on with this larger than life white owl that you can also yeah. find a dollar bill. Right. I was so, going to get to that. I was going to um, see what your thoughts were behind it because a lot of people they've heard of that, but they don't even know what you know when when you say the Bilderberg Group. So um, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Um, the Bilderberg, well, the Bilderberg Group is is kind of like a, it's also a think tank, um, and you know I. I actually didn't prepare to talk about the Bilderberg group because I wanted to focus in on uh, Skull and Bones. But it's from okay. what I, from, from what I remember about these about the Bilderberg group is basically this is the thing about the presidents. It's not something that you know. And this is what was kind of like, kind of 
confusing me about where did Obama come from, because they groom presidents from from basically child from children, so they go to the same schools. Uh, you know, they they bring them up and groom them up. And the Boule does similar things in the in the forms of you have Jack and Jill, uh, you have Inroads, you have the Battalion. Uh, these are organizations that monitor you. Uh, they have organizations like Knights of Pythagoras. These are youth organizations where they start weeding you out and molding you into being, quote, unquote, leaders of the world, you know, as a child. So the Bilderberg Group is just another one of those organizations that are the affiliates of, of um, global white supremacy. I can't really say that there's one top uh, organization other than, I would say, Skull and Bones. But, again, there's so many other uh, tiers of, of, and this is the thing about it, when you bring in masonry, if you can imagine a circle with circles in, inside circles, the outer circle uh, is the front line, and they believe that they know the most information. So, for instance, a person that um, is becoming a mason, uh, their first, uh, I think it's, well, basically from degrees 1 to 30, you're misled. And then when you get to degree 31, then you start being taught uh, the truth, and the truth is that African men and women are basically the, the creators of, of civilization. Um, but up to, so if you ever, ever have a discussion with a Mason and they're not a 30 or 33rd degree Mason, they're purposely being lied to, and actually they think that they know everything that they need to know. But as you start going to each tier, closer to the circle of that unseen scene, each organization doesn't even know there's another level. Right. Or each so when you, if you're on the outer level, you don't even know you're on the outer level. You're thinking you're at the highest of the high, but then if you're worthy, if they think you're worthy, they'll bring you into another higher level. So you may join another organization, or you may get a certain degree, so on and so forth. So it's it's a big game, but I guess it's also a weed out process. You know wow. what I mean? Because they're looking for the best, of the best to maintain this mentality of global white supremacy. Right, right. Mocha D, were you, um, I think I, I cut you off or something. Were you saying something? Well, no, you didn't cut me off. It's just, it's, it's just amazing. And, you know, what you call a, a big game is a very serious and a deadly game. And at the end of the game, it's your soul. Basically, at the end of the game, it's your soul. And many of them have made hell of a sacrifices even with the, 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 the Masons, I've just happened to be blessed to know someone particularly 104 years old, and uh, they came and talked to him, like, monthly. To basically took him in a room. Basically, well, I, was, I was working at a particular place because uh, I work with Alzheimer's and people, you know, with dementia and stuff like that, and he shared quite a few things with me, and I'm not going to get into any names, of course, Um Actually, he's deceased. He's deceased, right? He's he's gone. But still, in all, um, it's not a game at all. As far right. as the, the place where you were talking about, um, as far as being uh, nominated or already chosen as a president as a child, these are these are facts. It's not so much as a child. It's it's so much as like I was telling you before. It's uh, generations chosen generations ago, prepped generations ago. And, and um, it's it's very serious. It's very serious. That table that you were referring to, um, that's done uh, in uh, Northern California, and it's uh, what very. What are you talking about? Which one, um, Mokadee? Um, when he was referring to the, the other group? Uh, clubs, the clubs, and different things like that, he was talking okay. to uh, the Bilderberg and all those things. This is 
this is con- directly connected with the uh, you know the Bohemian Owl is the owl that you're referring to is connected to that where they they choose everything you have to be of the high elite and Jay Z can pretend he's uh, there or whatever he's not. Um, he couldn't possibly be. He doesn't have enough money to be there. All the money that he has is not enough. Money he's not the skin, right skin complexion. <laughs> he doesn't have the right skin complexion. Well, I didn't mean you know what? No, no, no. It, it, it's okay. It's amazing that all these young people are going around wearing these scarlet bones and have no idea, no idea what they were allowing to happen. It's got, it, 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 I mean, it's simply with the piercing itself, the piercing, the tattoos. This is no joke. They don't have, they have no idea what they're representing and what they're doing, and I think it's a sad time right. to be in now. If I may add, um, there's, there's, a, there's a mentality that we have to understand the type of people we're dealing with, okay, and, and I'm speaking primarily about the Caucasian, right? Their mentality is they they one of the uh, degrees of the Illuminati is called um uh, it's called a Regent degree in Illuminism, right? In this degree, they'll ask uh, one that's pledging, they'll ask them a question, and the question is they'll they'll, they'll see three skeletons, right? They see a skeleton of a king, a nobleman, and a beggar, right? And they'll ask you, you know, basically to tell you which one was what. And the person, the pledgey, has to sit there and looking at three skulls and choose which one was was what. And obviously they can't. And the answer is basically, you know, you can't tell because once you're dead, you're dead. Their their mentality is live now, have everything that you can have right now. And there's something about the Bilderberg group that's interesting because I mentioned about the the 20 foot owl, is that it's a mythical Roman goddess. It's a it's a basically um. A representation of a simple representation of the mythical Roman goddess of wisdom, Minerva, and Minerva is also on one of the sorority black sorority uh, shields, which is uh, Delta Sigma Theta. But basically, um, it's Minerva is actually a carbon copy, or as I mentioned earlier, George G.M. James said that African history is, I mean, um, African history, Egyptian mythology is still in African history is that actually Minerva is a carbon copy or a pirated version of the African goddess of wisdom, Neat or Nut. And this is the same odd as you find on the corner, upper left-hand corner of the dollar bill. So there's symbolism. This is the thing about, what this, this is what makes me interested about conspiracies, is that the information that they're using to promote their power our ancestors, our people, first, I don't want to talk so much about how bad these people are. Let's talk about how great we were or are. I have the potential to be again. As our, our people come from, you know, the originators, okay? We were, the, you know, we studied 360 degrees of knowledge holistically. Uh, of that 360 degrees, uh, the white man can only correspond to 33 of it. But of that 33% they've used in degrees, they've been able to use that to master the world. Okay, so if we would tap into understanding our true true heritage, our true story, all they've done is taken our information and just flipped it. Just as when they, you know, it's hard to find the origin of something when they change the name of something. It's the same model, it's the same symbol, it's the same ideology, but they change a little bit by changing the name. If you look at, like, the origin of, of African people, especially in America, they got rid of our names and gave us new names, so it made it hard for us to trace ourselves back to what particular part of Africa we come from. 
This is strategic. This isn't done by happenstance. When you're studying global white supremacy, you can't believe in coincidence. Coincidence is not uh, it's a non-factor. So in order for them to maintain their power, they take our information, they, they use what little they understand of it, and flip it enough to also conceal the true definition of it. But behind closed doors, they're giving paying homage to us. When you look at the Pope, and the, the virgin of the, the black Madonna that you see, is a, which is oxymoronic, uh, a very dark-skinned black woman with European features. There's no such thing. But when you look into the cellar, you go into the cellar of the cathedral, uh, which you'll, you'll find the true African version of the Madonna and Child, which is nothing but the another uh, version, an upgraded version of Hassan Aset and Heru which is the original trinity from Kemet. So I'm saying this to say that it's one thing to study uh, global white supremacy and conspiracies, but what, you know, what good is that if you don't understand what the conspiracies are for? The conspiracy is to keep you from knowing your true self and your true history, for they know it, and if you know it, then you'll have no use for them. Right, right. And, and with that, I want to I wanna, really quick, Mokadi, one second. I want to um, kind of um, go to a different... Um, uh, something different, considering um, we're into our last hour. Um, there's a lot in, on your website that really breaks down as as to um, why the boule was even um, created, and then the um, what is it that the, the W. E. B. Du Bois and his part in the whole um, boule. And, and and we actually had a, a blog on it, and um, so I definitely wanted to hear hear what you had to say in regards to the Boule and W. E. B. Du Bois. Okay. Um, in particular, I, I actually wrote an article, um, part three of the Boule series, "Dying with Secrets," is I'm actually taking uh, W. B. Du Bois and Carter G. Woodson, and I'm comparing them to George D. M. James. Uh, George D. M. James wrote the book "Stolen Legacy." It was published in 1954. Shortly thereafter, he disappeared, and eventually he was, it was found that he died of a mysterious death. Allegedly, he was cut from ear to ear, and his tongue was cut off. Him being a mason, a 33-degree master mason, uh, it's alleged that if you told secrets, you would be killed. And in fact, in some of their rituals and their degrees, they have to pledge to not reveal what they know uh, in, the, in the penalty being death. Okay. Now the difference here with W. B. Du Bois and or Du Bois and uh, and Carter G. Woodson. Carter G. Woodson wrote the Miseducation of the Negro. Uh, he was in the Boule. Uh, w. B. Du Bois uh, sold the black folks, so on and so forth. Uh, he was also the first. You said he what? He he sold. Um, no, I mean, sold he wrote sold the black folk. Okay. That's one of the books he wrote. Uh, he was also one of the first. He was the first and only black writer for the Council on Foreign Relations magazine called Foreign Affairs. Uh, and but these two gentlemen eventually uh, were outed out of the boule, and W. B. Du Bois, Du Bois turned into a Pan African, dying in Ghana. Now my issue with Du Bois and and Woodson are manifold. Uh, in particular, why why they were used along with this guy named Elaine Locke. Elaine Locke was the first Black Rhodes Scholar, and he was promised to be the only one until his death. These three particular guys were used, and there's another guy, R. Moulton, that I want to talk about eventually if I can. Uh, these uh, guys, all part of the boule with the exception of Elaine Locke, were used as vital opponents 
to and also uh, very effectively used to divert African people's attention on Marcus Garvin is back to African movement. Now, the reason why most people don't really understand what Garvey's Back to Africa movement was about, and it wasn't just about, well, let's just go back, let's leave, we're tired of being here. No, it was more than that. Uh, Garvey actually realized that Rockefeller and, uh, well, let me just read a quote that he said, um, if, the oil of Raf- Rock- if the oil of Africa is good for Rockefeller's interests, if iron is good for Carnegie Trust, then these minerals are good for us. Why should we allow Wall Street and the capitalist group of America and other countries exploit our country when they refuse to give us fair chance in the countries of our adoption? Why should not Africa get to the world its black Rockefeller, Rothschild, and Henry Ford? What was happening is you had these uh, global white supremacists that were going over to Africa and stealing these natural resources. Uh, I used to work for NASA, and I understood that they, they, they had a um, satellite called Landsat 7. And Landsat 7 would, you know, in space, would look over the planet to find out where all the natural resources are, and most of them are in Africa. We've got oil, we've got copper, we've got gold. You know, we have all these natural resources, and they're all in Africa, majority in Africa. So that's where Rock, uh, uh, Rothschilds and Cecil Rhodes and these organizations got their wealth from. Uh, Garvey, knowing that, wanted to go over to Liberia to purchase some land. Now, here's the thing that one of uh, the Boulay members, uh, R.R. Moton, was used for. A friend of mine, a comrade of mine, Brother Insider, told me he had a story. He had a conversation with his uh, great his grandmother-in-law, and she was born in Liberia. She's 95 years old, born and raised. And she knew about the Garvey Sacked Africa movement, and she broke it down. Basically, Garvey in 1919 went to go to, uh, to Liberia and buy a million acres of land at $1 an acre, right? Now, Moulton, uh, our Moulton, this guy in the boule, was also attending some of Garvey's meetings, and he informed on him to the U.S. government via the NAACP about the Garvey deal. Wow. So, so what happened is... The U.S. government gave Moulton $5 million to go over to Liberia to block the Garvey deal, paying for not $1 an acre, but $5 an acre, and he blocked the Garvey deal, right? Now, what, what was on that land? Well, the company that got control of that land was Firestone Tire and Rubber Company out of, out of Akron, Ohio. What people don't know is that uh, there's these massive trees that grow in Liberia, and they drip sap. And this sap is used to make tires. So Firestone opened up a rubber factory uh, on, in Liberia in 1926. And today they're owned by a Japanese uh, company, uh, Bridgestone. But basically, Liberia leased, uh, Firestone has leased this land for up to 100 years. I think it's up anywhere between now and uh, 2021, 2022. They've made their $5 million and more back within the first five years. Wow. So we have to look at these corporations. These corporations, like, uh, you know, the, and what's worse is that the living habits or the, the people that live there, the, the Africans of Liberia that live on this plantation, the, their houses haven't been upgraded since the 1920s. Mm. Okay, they're living in huts. They're living off the land. They're being forced to work. Most of the workers are children, and they're being forced to, to work uh, to, to their death. And while you know, basically why he's taking the proceeds and, and continuing to build their, their fortunes from it. 
So there's, this is the, the thing about W.B. Du Bois. And, oh, let me say this, too, that R.R. Moten, for, for this deed, I'm still in the property from Garvey because Garvey would have used it for the same reason, uh, you know, as far as creating our own wealth. Is R.R. Moten was given, uh, for this reward, he was given the first black veterans hospital in Alabama, in Tuskegee, Alabama. Wow. At Tuskegee University. What happened at Tuskegee University? The syphilis experiment. So mm. this, is, this happened on R.R. Moton's watch. R.R. Moton was actually one of the guys that was uh, key in pushing out the white doctors and brought in boule black doctors to inject syphilis into African men, unknowingly uh, into African men, and they didn't even know they was getting syphilis. Whoa. So this is what's happening. This is this is why we're looking at Debbie Dubois. We're looking at Carter G. Woodson. We're looking mm. at these guys that were in his organizations, and even though they were kicked out, once they were kicked out, they didn't tell you who these people were. And that's one of the things that the Boulay is sworn to do. If you look at their logo, mm -hmm. and it's on my site, their logo, they have a right paw. First of all, it's a guardian animal. It's a, it's a sphinx. Yeah, I was going to ask you, let's talk about that logo, because yeah. I'm, I'm very, um, very scared right now looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a guardian animal. If you look up the definition of sphinx, it is three parts. It's, it's a uh, one-third woman, one-third eagle, one-third lion. Okay? Now, the sphinx that we're aware of is the one that's standing in front of the pyramids of, in, in uh, Kemet or Egypt. That's not three parts. That's a head bust of Khafre, or it could also be the head bust of Karaka Moon, which I recently found out in speaking with uh, my jegna of mine, Anthony uh, Browder. Or, I mean, and as well, uh, the stories don't relate. Okay, so the story of the Sphinx, when you're looking at the logo, the right paw is covering a vase or an urn. And inside this urn is a circle within a circle. Now, this circle within a circle is a symbol that has two meanings. And as I mentioned earlier, that, you know, white people basically took these white supremacists, took our information and flipped it. All right, so the circle within a circle is a symbol, it's an ancient symbol for Ra. Okay, from from out of Kemet, but they use it for a symbol of the Rose Rothschild Secret Society. So what you have is a black organization, and as they, as I mentioned earlier in their history book, they said they want to create an organization that's just like Skull and Bones, a global white supremacist organization that's been basically doing atrocities against African people since its inception. You got a, a bunch of black men that want to do the same thing. Has a a a, a sphinx with a paw over the vase, covering it so that you can't see who these people are they're working for. Mm. Wow. Okay, so that's the nature of their logo. And on the bottom of it, you'll see in between the letters Sigma Pi Phi, you'll see two tetragrammatons, and that's a whole other thing. But it also ties in the remaining, the number nine, uh, Boulay being one, and the eight is being the four fraternity and four sororities letting you know that this is the pool, the cesspool, I like to call it, of mm. talent that they pull to uh, of Negroes that they use or house Negroes that they use to uh, keep African people, field Africans in check. Wow. All right. With that, um, hold tight. Um, we'll be right back with Mwebe and, um, yes, sorry, <laughs> Mogadi right. with the Boule Files. Hold tight, y'all. Real man. Got me shaking my head. The world's going crazy. 
all of our minds though. But I got something for them. They ain't gonna give mine though. Coppin' Boulevard, straight chillin' I got a nice groove, I'm enjoying my feelin' Some OG bangers tried to get up in my business Little homie, where you from? Is you gluttin' or you crippin'? I told them I don't bang, so they didn't bring the drama Now I'm back on my way to see my son and baby mama She goin' on me, cause she didn't get her check Comin' all incorrect, out the side of her neck Talkin' about your son need new shoes Last ones that I bought, you gave them to your nephews You lookin' for anything you can bring up Running with some low life. But your girl don't like me, so she don't like her. Devil in the dress, bring your evil to the tights. You got my son in the pissy ass life, and I'm going like And I'm going like She's shaking my head. And I'm going like And I'm going like She's shaking my head. My baby mother blew me, so I went and shot ball Headed back to the spot, cops threw me on the wall I'm point asking about drugs Pat in my pocket to see where the weed was Took the beer I bought, try and get a buzz In my red and black jeans, so they thought I was a buzz Then they asked me, did I know a couple whores? I told them no, then they got hardcore I was headed to the crib, which I roughing me up for Here's what it is, when you black and you poor At least I can say it ain't no thing against me Just the way that it is they am a black man, that's how it They lock me up cause I ain't have my ID And I'm going like And I'm going like Shaking my head And I'm going like And I'm going like Shaking my head Innocent people are getting killed like a It's the Bible versus Quran and the war against people of color. Don't be a fool to the master plan. Nah, don't be a fool to the master plan. I mean, hypocrites, bigots, outcasts, midgets. If you wanted to get it, nobody's off limits. It's the new world order way. It's just a theory, but I think I'm trying to turn the whole world gay. If I don't want to accept it, then I don't have to. Next time I see a drag queen, I can laugh too. I think I show favoritism Cause if I crack a joke about them Now that's considered racism This little sick ass country of mine To keep them inside the gun line And I'm going like And I'm going like Shaking my head And I'm going like And I'm going like Shaking my head Oh, welcome back to the eBuzz. This is your girl Carla B. If you're just tuning in, um, the topic of discussion tonight is the boule, um, part of our um, 
Boule series of shows. So definitely, if you have a question, feel free to call in 718-664-6543, or you can leave your questions in the chat room, or you can Skype us up at EOTM Radio, or via instant message and messenger, W-E-O-T-M, and that's on Yahoo. Definitely want your questions. And um, before our last commercial break, I'll say really quickly, that song was Shaking My Head. That was by a artist out of Los Angeles. His name is Ralph Fionn. I hope that's his um, stage name. Um, definitely that song has been rotating in our playlist for the past month. So kudos to him. And um, I know that Mocha D had a question before the music break, so I'm going to turn it over to you, Mocha D. What's up again? Okay. Yeah. Um, the question that I had, you told me to hold up, and it's amazing because you uh, said that we're going to change the subject real quick and jump into another area. So I was kind of like stuck on that question, you know. Oh, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you kindly for allowing me to bring it back. I wanted to elaborate a little bit on uh, Minerva, and you were saying that it originated, uh, it was um, uh, someone that originated out of Africa, or did you say it was a uh, a person or a god or a queen? If you can tell me exactly what you said, that who you said that was, because I actually had different findings, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know if uh, if you had been aware of the Minerva, the goddess Minerva, which was um, actually a uh, a god, a goddess that had spawned from the planet Jupiter. I don't know how far you go into that, but that was originally from my studies, that was originally where Minerva came from. And if you even go into uh, studying the Great Seal of California, she's also present on that Great Seal of California. Um, and so maybe that's something that you guys can do and you out there on the Internet right now. You guys can pull up that Great Seal, you know, or go in your libraries, as he so uh, graciously said. It's a wonderful place to be. And pull up the Great Seal of California, and she is on that seal. Um, it's, it's just it's amazing what's right in our face, like we were saying before. It's amazing. Uh, but she um, supposedly came from the planet Jupiter, uh, for those who believe in the spiritual world that we are living in. Um, so and is what that she too did far? Was, I'm sorry, Mopi. I want to ask the, our guest, is that like too deep into the conspiracy theorists, or um, could you um, – um, touch on what Mocha D is um, saying. Um, well, I'm, my opinion, uh, and from the studies that I've found, is uh, number one that when we get into astrology, um, we must first understand what perspective we're coming from. And that's, as I mentioned earlier about the ten areas of people activity, education is one of those that white folk have basically been control over. And with that said, uh, I found that you know they've done a, a masterful job of taking information and taking claim of it, and basically uh, giving it to other areas and other domains outside of Africa. Uh, when we looked at the Dogon, when we studied the uh, even the the formation of Kemet, and the first astrologers were African people out of, out of Kemet. So I would say that Minerva, although it may be affiliated with Jupiter now. 
Um, and as I mentioned earlier about studying history in a chronological date, in order rather, I'm sure the date of when they say Minerva existed is not before this African deity, which is another, uh, or Netaru, or Netar is another name for God, is, or God, uh, is Neit or Nut. And if you look at ancient pyramid texts, if you go into some of the temple tombs, you will see a picture of, of Neit or Nut, and this is the original African comedic deity of wisdom, goddess of wisdom. Uh, as I said earlier, you know, Greek mythology is still in African history. Uh, and this is thanks. You know, Pardon? I'm sorry. You know, the thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you, and I'm not uh, in disagreement with you, but what I'm saying is you have to understand we're talking deities, we're talking spirits. And it, it, it can clearly be the same spirit. Well, oh, no doubt. Well, that's what I'm you saying. You know what I mean? Isn't that amazing? Exactly. Well, Go on. Well, this is the thing. I mean, let me just pay homage for a second to George D.M. James because we're not – a lot of people aren't familiar with what he did with Stolen Legacy. Um, you know, his, his book proved that Greek philosophy was stolen African history. Um, and they demonstrated the African origin of the mystery schools, and, and basically he's responsible for a lot of information we put out today. His work served as a foundation to find Africans find themselves in Kenya before white folk. You know, white folk want to say that, oh, well, we were multicultural or that they, were, they weren't African, or they say that, well, there were other people that were in, in Egypt. Well, yeah, that was after the invasions, but before all of that, it was African people that was there. It was African people that put everything in place. So he also proved that uh, several so-called Greek scholars were known as studied in Kemet or were instructed by others who studied there. So we're talking about Aristotle, uh, Socrates, Plato, these guys who, you know, uh, this country, this world lays their foundation of knowledge on, you know, this all goes back to Africa, and they even said this on their deathbed. Now, while they were alive, they were they plagiarized it and claimed that it was theirs. But on their deathbeds, they basically said where they got the information from. They got it from Kemet. So this is, we are saying the same thing, but I think what needs to be said, and that's my problem with black organizations to this day that say, well, we're black Greek letter organizations, we're not Greek, which is oxymoronic. Uh, my thing is this, well, if you are African and you know of your African origin, then get rid of all of that Greek shit. Excuse my language. You know, get rid of all of the connotations to Greek names. Quit calling people that put you under their wing mentor and understand who mentor was. Mentor was a pedophile. Uh, and the actual name for someone that puts you under their wing is called a jegna. You know, we need to start using the right terminology and paying homage to the right deities and right culture so that we know who we are because we don't find ourselves in Greece. Africans in Greece, you know, Africans and Greeks didn't have a harmonious relationship. The Greeks came to the Nile Valley not as friends but as enemies. If we start if we maintain keeping these names and affiliations to our oppressor, we're honoring them. So that's why I think it's very key that we start renaming everything. We start we need to get the origin. It's two thousand eleven. We know this information now. It's time that we start putting it into practice and start saying and calling ourselves who we really are. Because if we don't, we will go through what's called a transition 13. And a transition 13 is basically when you knew something and then you forgot you knew, then you forgot that you forgot. And then you were taught by somebody else that you taught, but you didn't know you taught, and they taught you differently, that they were the ones that did it. 
And that's what's going on now is that we're going through a transition 13 where we're taught information, our information, but we're, it's been diluted with salt and white flour and white bread <laughs> instead of exactly. understanding the, the, the true raw nutrients of what our story is filled with. So that's you why. You're absolutely right, and that's just how you water down things until you actually have no main ingredients, no truth left. You're exactly. you're out. You're absolutely right. Exactly. So I mean that that's my that's what I'm very passionate about. You know, we say certain things that we should be aware if we are uh, the vanguards uh, of our of our history. And you know anybody can do this. There's no, I'm no special than the next person. I just have an interest in our culture, not because of culture's sake, but because I want to restore it. You know, African people in our situation is not by happenstance. It's not coincidental. It's because we have been stripped from the will to want to know. We choose to be ignorant. And Kemet, it was on a pyramid that said ignorance is a sin. And these days, ignorance is bliss. The less you know, the more you're able to be controlled. So once we start to realize I'm no longer going to be controlled and I'm going to make it viral, I'm going to let other people understand they don't have to be controlled. And you do that by studying your history, knowing yourself, and so that you can be closer to yourself and God. So that's what, for right. me, it's really all about. Right. That's that's definitely great. Knowledge is power, and it, is. Um, it, it truly is. I want to... Um, I know that you're definitely giving a lot of great information, and but I want to um, kind of take it back for some people that are probably just like, whoa, and they're just so, like, overloaded. Um, and uh, some of the, the different instant messages I've been getting tonight was definitely they're wanting to get your opinions on symbolism and, and hip-hop specifically. So um, what are your thoughts when you see, like, the hip-hop artists that we know are not boule and uh, the, the symbolism? Do you think these artists know what this symbolism means and it's a fashion statement? Are, that, are they that ignorant, in your opinion, or what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> to be honest, my, I, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll dwell on it, but my, honest, uh, my first reaction to that is that it's not a concern. It's a diversion. This is all a diversion. They put these things out to get you thinking about that opposed to what you really should be focusing on. Right, right. And with those diversions, they're so effective because you think about it. I mean, imagine if I put up information about uh, Garvey versus Firestone opposed to Jay-Z's Illuminati. You know how many right. hits we get for Jay-Z? Exactly, exactly. You know, because it's the here and now, number one, and for two, it pertains to hip-hop. And because they've done, I'll even say that global white supremacists have allowed people to talk about conspiracies. They've, they've allowed people to label and make conspiracy a hot topic because it generates interest and it also creates more confusion. If you look at um, the dollar bill, it says order of child. No, no, not the dollar bill. What is it that says it? It'll come to me, but uh, one of the sayings of, of um, order is called order of child, and that means order out of chaos. You know, they, have, they maintain, maintain order out of chaos. So if everybody is, you know, scrambling about this and this and that, they're able to do their deeds. So hip-hop is just the current uh, diversion. You know, it's an effective diversion, you know, but nevertheless, it's not something that I, to be honest, I don't even listen to hip-hop anymore because I know right. that 
it's a waste of my time. There's nothing that's being said to help me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and more importantly, it's to draw you in into this mindset of you're being a Negro. Right. And I'm not a Negro. And Negro, if you break, uh, break down the word Negro, is the root word is Necro, and Necro means dead. Wow. So I'm not a dead Negro. I'm not a dead African. You know what I mean? I'm an African. So in doing that, you know, it's about understanding what my purpose is. And my sole purpose isn't to fight global white supremacy, but it's to reach my son and bonum, which our ancestors called the greatest good, your purpose for being here. What is that? And you won't get that through televised vision. You won't get that through mass media. You're going to get that through doing study, detaching yourself from this, ah, I hate to say this word, but matrix, and being able to focus in on the frequencies that come from your ancestors that are continuously vibrating uh, to and, uh, in and outwardly. Wow. Wow. Now I can go on for days. Yeah, that's, that, I mean, that, that definitely makes sense. Yes, Mokadi. Uh-huh. Okay, you know, uh, you say that it is a, a diversion, and I say that it is an intentional deception because the thing is it's so much deeper than just making a couple of dollars to uh, keep in their pocket, you know. See, right now many of them are living on a, on a, in a right now frame of mind and they're not really concerned. You have a few of them in the in the industry that's concerned about their future, but they're not concerned once again, I must say, they're not concerned about their soul. And there's many blood sacrifices that have been made. But that's and what Skull and Bones is about. Well basically if you right. if they can lead you to think these things first and foremost and we're thinking because we're mentioning them and they can get you to sing it, then they can get you to live it and now you are somewhat part of it and you are doing what they're doing, you're mimicking what they're doing and that goes back to miming and all that. It's deeper than it's deeper than we're discussing. We don't even have enough time. So basically they're trying to get your mind in a certain set where you're you're somewhat of a, a minor. You know, you're you're doing what they do, so it's kind of hard to separate, and it's kind of hard to decipher who's who. You know, you you you're so mesmerized by these things and this stuff, and it's to get your mind off what's really important, which is God, which that is the bottom line, and every African knows that. That's mm-hmm. one thing we do know. Now, granted, they're studying different this different type of gods that they're praying to, true enough, but everybody got to be in agreement that there is something. Mm-hmm. There is something. You know what? There's something out there, and they know that, and they know it's spiritual, and that's what man's, that's what man's trick is to right. get your mind off of what's really real. And that's just, of course, right. my opinion. Right. And I totally agree with it, and I also say this, that uh, we have to understand that, uh, white folk have spent majority of their time studying us. That's the thing yeah. is that they, they want us. They want to know everything about us, but they don't want us to know who we are. You know what I mean? So, and and this goes back to, and this may just be opinionated or whatever. Uh, but if you look at the origin of white folk and how that how they came on the scene and what they've been doing, this study the behavioral patterns of, of Caucasian people. They've never lived in harmony even with themselves. You understand? So when you're looking at their history, everything about them is about trying to take. And so and that when we're, I'm introducing the topic of melanin when you're talking about that, because melanin is a part of the reason for their insanity, the lack of melanin that they have, is that it, it just, they're dysfunctional. And for some reason, African people, because we're wholehearted, uh, we feel like we can save them. And that is the issue. Rather than saving ourselves, 
We are trying to save them, but they don't want to be saved. This is who they are. As, as you mentioned, what you had just said is exactly what Skull and Bones ritual is with the three, 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 headed, uh, the three skulls. You can't tell who was what. Live now. Have right. everything else. Have your heaven now. But yet they taught us, especially on the plantations, to endure your physical hard labor now because you'll go to another place and you'll have heaven. This is what they taught us on the plantations while they had their heaven now. Okay, so it's a mentality that has enabled them to garnish riches, power, wealth, and control. But none of this, all of this is illusionary. If African people started to realize who we are and our origin, we'd find out who we are, and then we'd find out who our enemies are, there'd be no use for them. And that's where the situation is. We're talking about an Oedipus uh, Rex complex. And, I mean, if I can even tie in the Sphinx with that, you know, this is the mentality of Europeans. They want to, you know, kill their, fa- kill their father and sleep with their mother. And they know that we're their parents. Mm. So this is the issue when you're talking about the Sphinx and you're talking about why do they call the Sphinx. Why does, you know, the fraternity I, I used to be involved with, Alpha Phi Alpha, I used to be a member of, was we're called Sphinxmen. Uh, why aren't we called the true name, which is Hiramaket, which stands for Heru on the Horizon. Uh, this is an African... Uh, you know, when you're looking at the, the so-called Sphinx that's in front of the uh, pyramids and you're seeing this uh, half-man, half-lion, we knew there wasn't any half-lion, half-man walking around. We knew it was sim- symbolism. We understood that it was symbolic for the king of the beast, which is the lion, is your lower self. If you can control your lower self, master your lower self, your beastly natures, you can deify yourself to God. This is the symbolism that our ancestors lived by. And it wasn't just one person or two people. It was a, it was a civilization. We're talking about a Nile Valley civilization. This was a mindset that was perpetuated throughout Africa until the invasions came. So this is, you know, sure, sure. Let me ask you a question. Why, in your do you think that the main focus on every race is the black man. <laughs> well, let, let me just because use a little. Yeah, it, it, let me just use a little scientific uh, experiment here. If you got a box, box of crayons, just take okay. each color of the box of crayons on a white piece of paper or any kind of paper, and just you know do a use a blue crayon and make a line, and then do a red and do the, a red line over the blue line, and do each color over that line. And when you keep doing each color over that line, the color you're going to get is black. Black is a consumption of all colors. From black, you can create everything, right? But but white is the absence of everything. So the reason why, if you can keep black folk down, everybody in between will be down. This Hmm. is, you know, we're talking about... Native Americans, you're talking about, you know, Latinos, Mexico, and so forth. Keep the African people down, and you got the whole world in your hands. This is why yeah, they I have Africans. I agree 100%, you know, without you merely saying that black being had to be the first mm-hmm. of the well, colors. You know, out of light came, out of, out of the darkness came light. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Space is, something? space is darkness. Carbon the the most ital key of life is carbon and that is black. When you look at break down the word chemistry, 
Kim is means black. That's where you had Kemet. Kemet was the black land. Kim is means Kemet. History means study of. So chemistry is actually the study of blackness. Mm, don't you just love it? Don't well, you I, I, love I, it? I'm infatuated. I'm One second, Mocha D. I have a question for um, our guest. Moom with it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Alrighty, I got a question from um, Jackie out of Atlanta. Um, it, it's kind of off topic a little bit, but she wants to know what is your opinion on on the Willie Lynch letter and um, who really um, put that out. Well, uh, from what I've been from the research, I've found that it's not a real letter. Um, it didn't. It wasn't really written, uh, but nonetheless, it's effective. It's accurate. Um, you know, you find in history that what was done is they did pit the light skin versus the dark skin. This is clearly evident in the origin of these fraternities and sororities where uh, organizations, in order to be a part of fraternity or sorority, some of them, namely AKAs, and also even the alphas used to have this thing called the black, uh, the brown paper bag test, uh, where they would put a paper bag to, next to your face, and if you were darker than the paper bag, you couldn't be a member. Wow. Uh, this has a lot to do with, uh, you know, inflicting uh, self-hatred. And, again, as I talk about studying history in chronological order, when you're looking mm -hmm. at the 1900s, 1920s, we were just a generation or two removed from emancipation. Right. Okay, so you have this generation now that's being allowed to go and learn and read and write, and, you know, white folk had to capture that. They had to make sure that they didn't get too free. Can't make sure they don't know too much about where they come from, because then they won't be of any service to us. So that's where you had this origin of these, these, the creation of these organizations. And in these organizations, they were saying, you know, conk your hair, you know, bleach your skin, don't get caught eating watermelon. You know, these stereotypical things coming out of the 1900s, because being black was not seen as a blessing, even though you were emancipated. They had to. Uh, you weren't even really uh, emancipated. You were upgraded. You were promoted from physical enslavement to mental enslavement. In right. order to do that, they had to do that with subliminals. They had to attack the mind. And in doing that, they didn't want you to look in the mirror. They wanted you. And when you did look in the mirror, they wanted you to see something that was not you. They wanted you to see blue eyes and, and uh, blonde right. hair. So okay. the Willie Lynch letter, you know, I think is it's, um, it's not proven to be an accurate document, but nonetheless... Uh, the information is very accurate, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a. I, I still think it's a, a key thing for people to read to see right. how truthful it is. Right, right. Um, I want to just say we we're definitely coming to the almost the end of our show. We got about 28 minutes left, so I definitely want to touch on. I want to um, be able to um, get some of the questions that our um, some of our listeners are posing, as well as also um, discuss your website and um, what, you know, your your series of, of topics on the boule and other things that you're a part of. But I want to um, kind of digress. I know you touched on, I don't know if you did, you, you touched on so much stuff tonight, and, and I definitely want to um, um, thank you for, for blessing our um, listeners' ears with this information. Um, so did we discuss, or did I ask you the question in regards to the talented tent? No, no, you didn't. Okay, because I definitely put something on Twitter today, um, and I told the listeners that we we're going to be posing this question or getting an answer for them. Who is the talented 10th W.E.B. Du Bois um, is famous for speaking of? Um, I would say that now there's, there's recently been a debate on whether he was actually speaking about 
the boule and, and fraternity and sorority members or just uh, members that are, are Africans that go to college. Now, I'm still uh, in agreement, or I still believe that he was speaking about the boule because of its arrogance and seeing that, or in thinking that they are the best that blacks have to offer. Uh, and by saying that, let me just read, read you some of the famous members, and then I could give you an idea why I think that they think that they're the talented tent. Um, the first person to perform open heart surgery was Dr. Daniel Hale Williams. He uh, was part of the Boulay. Uh, Ralph Bunch, who was a former U.N. ambassador. Uh, Arthur Ashe, famous tennis player. Uh, Whitney Young, uh, Martin Luther King, Benjamin Mays, as we mentioned, Debbie B. DeVos, Carter T. Woodson. Uh, John Ace Johnson, who was founder of Ebony and Jet. Uh, Maynard Jackson, he was once mayor of Atlanta. Uh, and uh, sad to say, uh, Asa Hilliard, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, some of the living members are Vernon Jordan, who was a lawyer and close advisor to Bill Clinton, uh, Hank Aaron, uh, who was Major League uh, Baseball home run king, Tom Bradley, uh, TV personality, I think he's deceased actually, uh, Elvin, Big, Elvin Big E. Hayes, uh, Bill Cosby, Jesse Jackson, Earl Graves, Jr. of Black Enterprise, Douglas Wilder, Governor of Virginia, Lynn Swan, Quasi uh, uh, Fume, who was once head of the NAACP, David Dinkins, uh, judges, lawyers, doctors, politicians, you know, the elite of our quote-unquote cream of the crop. These mostly you'll find, and I have the roster up until 1994 of all the members. It's right now 5,000 members, uh, but you'll find the majority of them uh, listed on my site I have, um, I put out, and you can, you know, might recognize some of these names. Uh, my encounter with Asa Hilliard, who was an African historian, uh, Pan-African, uh, done illustrious, masterful work uh, about our story, uh, it puzzled me when I found out that he was in the boule. It puzzled me to the point where I had to confront him, and I confronted him twice, and in both times uh, he kind of dodged the questions, which raised serious flags. So my first time I asked him about it, uh, he was at a place where he spoke in, in Harlem, of New York, and, and I basically asked him about him being in the boule, and he pretty much said, well, we're just a social organization. We just throw picnics and parties. Uh, and then uh, when I confronted him the next time, he pretty much denied him his true membership and said, well, I only attend certain meetings. I don't know everything that they do. Uh, so that puzzled me because, for one, this is an elite. If you look up the Boulay, Sigma Pi Phi, Jet Magazine, every month they're, they're honoring somebody in the Boulay. You might not know it, but if you look at the roster and you and you basically uh, use the roster to find different names in the Jet Jet Magazine, you'll find that most of the people that they honor receiving some kind of award or something, they're in the Boulay. Right. Uh, it didn't sit well with me that Asa Hilliard would tell me something like that, and I understand why, because their logo says it. Put your paw over the, vein, over the urn and don't reveal who you work for. So I understand that he wouldn't tell me, but it was just interesting for him being a Pan-African with W.B. DeWall being a Pan-African, with Carter G. Woodson writing the masterful piece of Miseducation of the Negro. These right. men, the part of this organization that took these oaths to their deaths. If someone killed your mother, if someone killed your mother, the first thing you want to know is who. And if they say, well, they or them, that's not going to get it done because you don't know who to go after. You want names. Right. These men did not give us names. And for that, that's an atrocity to our ancestors. It's an atrocity towards just the whole existence of our people and our fight for liberation and freedom. 
So that's that didn't sit well with me, and you know, it, it's it's. Unfortunately, he passed in uh, 2007. So I mean, it, you know, A.C. Hilliard did, and um, you know, I still pay homage to his work, but I still am very disappointed with him not coming clean with his his involvement with the boule. I think I got off the tangent of what you asked me, did I? Um, <laughs> oh, you said about the talent tent. You asked me about the talent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, basically, you know, the talent tent is for me. Uh, and from what I found and from my studies is the boule and the fraternities and sororities. And again, as, as I mentioned, that they groom you. So you can't like just like if I want when I, when I want to be an alpha, I made it known. I let people know I want to join alpha, and then they decide to choose to, to have me in or not. You can't do that with the boule. You can't just go up to someone and say, "Can I join?" They tap you, just like skull and bones. They they come after you. If they want you, they're gonna come after you. If they, you know, if you're not tapped, you'll never be a member. Now, there's one person that did, with the exception, have that done. And that's Quasi and Fume. Quasi and Fume, when he was head of the NAACP, he wrote a letter. I have a copy of it. He wrote a letter, openly praising Sigma Pi Phi, and basically, pretty much, you know, willing to do whatever he could to be a part of this elite organization. And a year or two later, they let him in. So there may be some exceptions, but. What I'm finding is you'll find that these 5,000 members make up the riches, both in finances as well as uh, influence, and and uh, you know in all the all the top things that African people are doing, Black Americans, uh, you know, Blacks around the world, uh, they're members of the Boule. Right. You'll find. So yeah, I think that they're talented, definitely. Mm, that's what's up. Well, no, 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 they're not talented. Right. <laughs> they proclaim right. to be. You know, I think they're the, the enemy tent, if anything. <laughs> wow. I would call them talented tent, no. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, your your website and the series of of topics that you're um, definitely empowering your, your readers with. All right. So I know that you, you're doing a series of, of I guess, topics or, or articles in regards to the boule. And so talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, currently I have um, four, it's a four-part series. Um, actually, it's ongoing, and I'm working on part five as we speak right now. Um, but pretty much the Boule series is, you know, when you go to the site, uh, being a web developer, I mean, that's something that I enjoy doing and, you know, giving you an experience. So when you go to the site and you see what's there, there's uh, clips of my lectures. Uh, there's also audio uh, there's an abundance of information there that is covering as much as possible up to date that I have about the Boule and their affiliations um, and with that. And there's also a segment where I get into the fraternities and sororities and I break down all of their shields of the information that I know. I don't know everything. I'm still searching. I'm still a student. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a griot or a guru. I'm just a student, a person that is very interested and will relay any information that I get on it. Um, I've pretty much, in part two, I wrote about uh, the uh, affiliation or the uh, fraternal and sorority experience and affiliation with the Boule, um, talking about some of the rituals, talked about some of my experiences and being in a fraternity, some of the things that we endured. Um, and let me just say this, too, is that uh, if anyone is listening that are, that's in a fraternity and sorority, I was that guy that loved my fraternity. I loved Alpha Phi Alpha. I wanted to be an Alpha ever since I was uh, 13, 12 or 13. Uh, and once becoming one, I was that dude. I was on campus. I was stepping to class. You know, I was that guy that was right. just loved my black and old gold. Right. But when I learned seven years later about 
the boule, you know, I had to fight. It was a grapple because I had to understood that I first of all I always knew and I was saying the same thing as the people say now, Oh well, we're not Greek, we're black Greek lettered, you know. But it's oxymoronic. There's no such thing as a black Greek. Right. You know, again as I mentioned, as you look in the history, the Greeks and the Africans they didn't get along. Greeks came in as pirates, as as murderers, as as plagiarists. So it didn't make sense for me to claim to be a person of intelligence, number one. Right. And two, to be a person that honored my ancestry, my African ancestry, that it didn't make sense for me to continue this facade of claiming to be something while holding up the banner of my oppressor. Right. So that's that's so deep. So I mean, what are some what are some of the things that I mean your your um, frat brothers in regards <laughs> to your your change? I mean, what were some of the things that they said? Well, let me just say this. I didn't go out quietly. Um, <laughs> I'm that type of person. Uh, when I when I feel something, you know, I'm compassionate about it. Trying uh, to take everybody with you, right? Yes, yes. Right. I was like, let's be out. You know, we've been right. lied to. And right. I pretty much went that route of exposing. I was on campus, um, and I was speaking in the library. You know, people are supposed to be studying. I'm over here talking about the boule and, and this affiliation. Of course, it drew a crowd. And one guy in particular, one, one instance, a guy, I, I had said, well, you know, anything I know about the fraternity experience, I have nothing to hide, I'll tell you. So, of course, somebody asked me, well, give me the grip. <laughs> so I was put on point, and I had to eat my own words, but I did that without hesitation. Because I believe in the greater situation, the greater good is I am not Greek. I'm African. So I am not going to hide any information that could help us. Now, I don't think a grip is going to save anybody, but this is what the brother wanted, so I gave it to him. In addition to that, that's what promoted me to start speaking more about it, and then I realized I need to write this stuff. I need to write it down so I can hand it to people. Uh, from that, I started creating uh, uh, speaking tours and to speak around the country about the boule and it's a Greek affiliation. Um wow. and and I still get, you know, half and half feedback. There are people that want to fight me, but that's why I said earlier that ninety nine percent of this information happened before us. Right. We're talking about a hundred year old organization, so it's not personal. You can't take it personal. Yes, you may love your organization, but you weren't there when it was founded. So you weren't there to have any say on its foundational principles. So now, but you are here today, and the question is, what do you do? Do you decide to act like you don't know what I just told you? Or do you choose to do the research to confirm for yourself so that you can make your own decision on whether you decide to remain being what is oxymoronic of a black Greek or being your true African self? Exactly. I don't hold nothing against you. I don't have time to be getting upset over people want to be or not. I was like that way, but I lost sleep. It's not my fight to battle. You know what I mean? So what I'm doing for myself is trying to be to reach my summum bonum. And in doing so, I've been blessed with information and trying to relay it to the next person because I want more information. Wow. For me, it's about getting more that's, and that's sharing what you get. Yes, definitely. That's what's up. Go ahead and share with our, our listeners your website again. Yes, uh, the, the website is The Ghetto Times. That's D-A-G-H-E-T-T-O. T-Y-M-Z dot com, TheGhettoTimes.com. And um, do you have a, a, a radio show on Blog Talk? Uh, no, I don't. Um, okay. I've, thought, I've thought about it. Um, you should. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
it may it, it may happen. I, you know, it's it's a lot of. I mean, I know you know it's a lot of work. You know, right, to do it. Right. Um, but I have every intention of trying to make this information available in all aspects. I have actually a dot TV site that okay. I want to plug called DGTV. And if you go, it's a link right off my page. You'll find it. Uh, but basically, I understand that you know we tend to live up to stereotypes, and one of the stereotypes is that we don't like to read. So instead of, or in addition to the reading material that you can get off my site, there's a .tv site, DGTV, where you can actually point, click, and watch. There's information I have called video articles. These are articles that I've turned into video that you can watch. Some of the information I have on there is talking about uh, the riddle of Hiramaket, and that is the origin of the uh, Hiramaket or the Sphinx. How did it get there? Uh, some people think that the ridges that are in front of Hiramaket was made from windy roads, and when in actuality it was from water. What am I saying? That the Sahara Desert wasn't always a desert. It was also once fertile land. Uh, when we're looking at the history of Africa and Kemet in particular, we find that our ancestors did most of their illustrious work in creating the heavens and bringing heaven to earth. When you look at the pyramids, and you can correlate that with Orion's belt, you can see that the alignment of the pyramids is an exact formation of the Orion's belt. I know I'm saying a lot and not saying enough, but if you go to the site, the information is there. I have information on health, did stuff on canola oil, the effects of canola oil. Uh, with Halloween being around the corner, did some pieces about the effects of white sugar, not just the effects on the body, but the origin of white sugar and how it was con seriously connected, directly connected, rather, to the enslavement of African people. Um, you know, there's a lot of information that we have on there, wow. and we're trying to com put the information out in, in a 2011 tech-savvy kind of way so that the kids in the hood will be attracted to this information. That's the thing that we need to do. Us people that choose to carry on a legacy of our information, we've got to stop talking over, our, over their heads. Academia is not going to work. You can't talk to me like you in college. You've got to talk to me. Just break it down and just speak directly to me because you're not going to reach anybody. You're not going to reach the most, uh, the, most uh, the, the information that will help the, the, the people the most, which is in the street, in the hood, in our neighborhoods where most of us dwell if you're talking over their heads. So that's why, you know, the, the magazine is called The Ghetto Times. If I called it African Times, people wouldn't check it out. But right. because they see The Ghetto Times, what's that? That's hood something. Yeah, it is hood. It's information. It's about us. Wow. That's so crazy. That's crazy. And that's why you'll see under that it'll say uh, knowledge itself can only be found on the ground because I'm dealing with the roots of our culture, the origin of it. Wow. So a um, question, um, one of the last questions I'll, I'll ask you for the evening. I definitely want to, again, thank you for your time. You've almost given me um, two full hours. Um, <laughs> for from some listeners out there that, they, I mean, hearing a lot of different stuff in regards to the Illuminati and the Boule, and um, these uh, individuals with the frame of mind as far as just, you know, hip-hop and music. So um, what, what, what advice um, in a one to three sentences would you be able to give them when it comes to um, the Illuminati and, and, and what they are hearing or seeing just on the Internet? Uh, wow, it's hard to put it in three sentences, but I would, I would say... If you really um, know what you you're can. talking about, right. know what you're talking about, study about who the real Illuminati is. The Illuminati is by no means no black dude. He ain't got enough power. You know, it's we're talking about Lord Rothschild, Cecil Rhodes. Start with those two names 
and you'll find a whole bunch of other people involved. Um, it's really, we're talking about global white supremacy. Now, that's the thing. We know kind of, we pretty much know it's dealing with, you know, evil, wickedness, and, and, and white folk. We kind of got that down. But it's, it's one thing to say it, but it's another thing to know exactly. You know, it, some people think it's cool enough to say, I know about the Illuminati. Yeah, well, what really do you know? Right. I mean, do exactly. you do the study? Are you studying? You know, do the research. You know what I mean? Like even some of the tracks that you were, that you were playing, I mean, like I'm feeling them. I'm glad they're saying it, but they're not saying enough. Right. They say Illuminati, and they think that's it. No, <laughs> it's bigger than they that. They don't know, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So these are just key phrases that get your attention, but they do get your attention, but the person it's themselves has to want to really know. And that's something that I'm even grappling with is trying to find a ways to make this information attractive. You know right. what I mean? That's why I you hope that when you come it. to my site, that's why yeah. I hope when you come to my site that not only will the information grab you, but hopefully the graphics, the visuals will, will get you as well because that's, I think that's where I can hook you in and at least keep you for a little bit to want right. to learn a little bit more. Hey, you you definitely have it have it down pack and it's and it's definitely um a great site with a wealth of information. Uh, um, yes, Mwebe. Mwebe. Yes. Um thank you so much. Thanks again and and hopefully this will not be your last time you're 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 chiming in with us cuz I would definitely like to have you on. Um I know that we didn't even begin to get to all of the 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 listeners that were calling and I apologize for that but he just has so much great information I didn't really want to stop him or sidetrack him so if you have any questions definitely visit his website ask him directly or um, or leave me a message within our inboxes and we'll definitely forward those over to him again thanks so much for tuning in thanks so if much I, to if I may say one more last thing yes I want to humbly give thanks to you for when I reached out to you and how you invited me to come in and speak to your listeners because not too many people can take criticism and, I, and it was it's very big of you to understand some of the things that you said and and you know and to be a woman enough to say okay well I retract you know that's what it's all about is you know we all don't know everything you know, there's yeah. some things I might have said that was wrong, and I'll be happy to retract it. You know what I mean? I'll do my research and present as best as I can. So I just want to salute you for that. I really appreciate it. Humble thanks. Oh, thank you. Thank you so, so much. I hope, listeners, I hope you got something from this show tonight. I know I did. And the beautiful thing about Internet radio, especially um, EOTMRadio.com, is that you can always go back to EOTMRadio.com and check out the archives. The shows will all also be available for download via iTunes. Um, just type in EOTMRadio.com. I'm going to go ahead and close it up, but I'm going to leave you all with a quote that is fitting for for this show and, and a lot of other ones um, under the network. As we come into knowledge of self, we must, too, become aware of who doesn't want us to know thyself. Meridate on that, listeners. Again, thank you to everybody that chimed in tonight. Peace and blessings, and I'll see you guys next time. Are you an entrepreneur on the move? EOTM Media Group has become the new voice for you. EOTM has the most outstanding public relations firm that will suit your needs as well as your budget. Thanks to EOTM Radio and staff, EOTM has climbed the ranks, reaching over 1 million listeners worldwide. 
not only is EOTA Media Group newly respected for its amazing quality, but also for their branding and marketing expertise. Everyone in the industry needs PR and marketing, so with that said, if you or someone you know needs PR or marketing solutions, contact Carla Barnes, Head of Marketing and Branding at 213-290-3573, or visit her website at www.eotamediagroup.com or join her blog at www.eotmblog.com. What's that? You're interested in hearing a few live shows? Visit our radio page at www.eotmradio.com. Thanks for your time. This commercial is brought to you by EOTM Radio and Classic City Records. Hey, y'all, this is the Mount Lady. You're watching 